What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Rideshare Rodeo audio podcast, the original Rideshare Rodeo audio podcast. Love it, you guys. In episode number 243, we are creeping up on 250, and I don't know why. When I hit 100, it was a marker. Um, 200, I think I kind of rolled past and didn't even make the biggest deal of it, but this 250 feels like something. Um, so I'm loving getting up there. Thank you all for listening over the years. And thank you all who email and get involved and have asked to be on the podcast. And we brought you on. I've gotten to know so many amazing people. Um, I want to, this week's episode, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play some pieces of, um, of a conversation I had with Stephanie Vigil. Um Stephanie will be at the August 5th event. So let's talk about that for a quick minute. Denver, Colorado, August 5th, 2023. Um, we're going to be having a, a para-rodeo town hall, and it's going to be at the Wash Park. Um, what this is, is it's going to be Stephanie, our elected official. She's a freshman uh, House member in the House of Representatives here in Colorado, and um, she is fighting for gig worker transparency and the right to challenge wrongful deactivations. Um, the transparency part goes a little further. She's fighting for it on behalf of the drivers seeing full transparency, but the customers as well. Let's let the customers see a breakdown of where this money goes. The bill, SB 23-098, which you guys know I've talked about before, so I won't get into it too too deep here. But what I will say is, um, for those that maybe have missed out, you can go back to previous uh, episodes. You can, you'll, you'll see it in the title of the episode of the podcast. Give it a listen. You can, if you go back in the past two, three weeks, you'll find you'll find one or two. Um, but here's the thing. Um, so for those just wanting the the quick brush over, SB twenty three zero nine eight was her bill, and she had all of her people in line to get it onto the floor to have a vote. Now, two of her own party jumped ship and the day that it was supposed to get the vote decided that they were going to not let it get the vote. Not only were they going to vote against it, they voted it down so that it didn't have the chance to be seen by the by everybody and be voted on as it should have been. Not but not to mention they also had pledged their um allegiance to this bill and the party before. So this is a very crazy story. So we're going to be having Stephanie. We're going to have other politicians. We're going to have news. We're going to have union members, non-union members. We're going to have every side of the spectrum. So this is not, if you're thinking this is 
oh, this is going to be a push for one thing. No. What this is, is something I've been talking about a lot lately, which is we need, we can't change politics, but we need to arm our politicians with correct information and the feelings of the gig community. Because when do you write into a politician that you want something changed? When you're mad. Has anybody, and I'm going to challenge all of you here, uh, many of you probably have never written to a politician in your life, and that's fine. But let's say that you were going to. Do you think you'd do it when you're upset about something and want to see it changed? Or do you think you'd write them a thank you letter that just says, hey, thanks, you're doing a great job? Correct. You would only do it when you're upset about something. And this is what happens a lot of times. And this is why things go sideways so often, because sometimes politicians, you know, they have their team, their staffing and stuff, and they open all of the all the emails and letters and everything. They open them and read them, and they kind of prioritize as to what's coming for a vote on the floor and then make sure it's seen. A lot of times the politicians just kind of take a brief overview and then they kind of act, ask the opinion of their staffers saying, okay, so I just read the bullet points on SB 23098. Um, I see what it is. How are the people responding to our office? And they'll say something like, well, let's say, and these are made up numbers. Let's say 295 emails and 100 letters came in this week um, regarding that from drivers. Okay, what did they want? All of them wanted to be employees or all of them hate the models and want to take these guys to court. And again, now I go back to the point I made before. You only write in when you're upset about something. So those of us doing well don't write in. Or those of us, a lot of us know there's change that needed to be changes that need to be made, and they will be made. The gig economy has been around for a while, but really, let's be honest, even even the 10 plus years it's been around, it's the app-based gig economy, let's be specific. Um the 10 plus years it's been around, it that's really a that's really the infancy of something. We're still figuring out how it's going to work. I mean, we have massive data worldwide that says 2.5 to 3 trillion trillion people will be in the gig economy by 2025. And this is not a flying car or an autonomous date that that doesn't that isn't doesn't mean anything. This is true data being worked from several different countries, and that's what they're seeing. That doesn't mean everybody will be working for DoorDash, because I've done a lot of research. We've talked about a lot of it here on the podcast. I mean, there's nursing apps out there. Some are not good. Some are great, where it allows nurses to travel and see family members and go somewhere for like two months and work in that work there. So I think when I say that, I'm saying that a lot of things... Because of the because of the super speed of the advancement of technology integrated into the gig app economy, I think we're going to see a lot of work. Even the work that you might be doing, where you're like, "This will never be gig work." I'm not saying all of it will, but I think we're going to see gig work coming into play in pretty much every sector. Um, and we'll be talking about that obviously and following it. But this event is a big deal. And Stephanie and I had a conversation about how to approach it, and I'm going to share that with you today. And um, I would love to hear from you guys. You guys know how to reach out to me, steve at rideshareradio.com. So let's get into this conversation, and I will be back on the other side. 
Oh, um, I'm usual to, to blindly invite. I mean, mention, mention my name if you want. That you know, Rugby Hill suggested it, but I, you know, they'll. I think they'll be interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, anything that's empowering drivers. They're really big on starting a, you know, a, a grown co-op here. So. Do you have a couple leads for me that, um, or virtual introductions or anything that you could make? So I, yeah. I don't, and I don't know if you got an email from me um, where I included Joel. Did you see one that included Joel? Yeah, I did. I don't think I've heard back from him yet. Oh, really? Um, I can check. I can check my inbox again to see if there's anything I haven't seen yet. Because, um, so just a quick thing on him. Joel, um, Joel owns, he's the CEO founder of Dumpling, and it's not even an app. Dumpling, have you, have you ever heard of Dumpling? Mm-mm, no. So Dumpling isn't an app. It's a, it was to compete with Instacart and still is. But it's a, mm-hmm. um, it's like a personal shopper where you set your own prices, you find your own clients. It does have a marketplace where people can search by zip code, but then they're more right. lo- like, let's say you like eat paleo, then you would, you could probably, the closest shopper might not be the best. You might want one twice as far because you'll see he specializes in paleo. Right, and they kind of know what to shop for, right? And all so, that sort of thing, so, yeah, exactly. So that person's cool. gonna be better for you. Like, I, I'm on dumpling. I only have five clients. They're great, though. But I mean, like, when I do a dumpling shop for them, um, I have a. So what I do is you can you can set up every store. You can set up little mom and pop butcher places, everything, and then you can do like odd jobs for them, and they're okay if you do it on the card. They finance you up to two grand. Um, it's, it's just all above the board. They take a straight percentage on the processing fee, but even that's like less than I pay on like an Apple invoice. Right. You know, I mean like, because they do the browse on this when you first, uh, you know, CC'd me on, on, uh, you know, with him. So it looks really really cool. So I've no, so here's the quick, here's the quick of that. Cause it's important, but I've known Joel for a long time, years before the pandemic. And um, he was just getting dumpling. Dumpling's been around now for five or six years. And um, we both are outdoor enthusiasts. I do a lot of uh, extreme sports and he does different versions of things I do out in Seattle. So we've just kind of got this other kind of bond too. We have kids that are exactly the same age. We're two years apart. We've just always clicked. And I didn't even know, but he sat, He w- he's on the Seattle committee or I, I don't know if it's a committee or what. And this is where um, I should have written some of this language down. I was just so taken <laughs> off guard because I was like, wait, why do I not know this? I've known you for five years because he was part of the he didn't he wasn't part of the writing it. But he is in touch with mm-hmm. two of the three people that wrote the Seattle legislation on a, like on a weekly basis. He sees them. The other mm-hmm. one is like no longer doing it. They step down. They've retired or something. But the one that everybody's, mm. I mean, I know it's not what we're trying to do here in Colorado, what you were trying to do, but they were very successful. A lot of gig workers are happy with that model. Um, yeah. You know, I know the California one gets like questionable. Some people hate it. Some people love it, even on both sides. You know, it's yeah. just like that was the testing one. I'm not really sure it went real well. It seems to be like the only people making out with money on that one is the state and or all the lawyers from the state and Uber. Right. That's it. Seems right. like all the money's going to them, to be honest, because they just keep fighting it. Um, mm. But the Seattle one doesn't seem to be being fought at all. It seems like it was. And then if I'm not sure how familiar you are, but Min- Minneapolis just tried to do the same thing. It passed 
And that governor did his first, uh, is it a veto? Did his first veto ever yeah, yeah. in his career. Well, and so you keep saying Minneapolis. Are you talking, so when you talk about NCA, you're talking about a city ordinance or you're talking about the state law? I'm I'm okay. talking about whatever was just happened like a month ago that where yeah. it literally passed both sides. I mean, yeah. they did things like attach it so, to other bills and yeah. Say Minnesota's was a was a it was statute statute state law. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the governor did uh, did veto it, which is well. Really, so the really the Washington the Seattle actually I should say it that way the Washington Seattle one is state it's Washington state. Okay. But it's different rate for Seattle. Gotcha. That's the only difference, gotcha. but it is a Washington state. Yeah, that's a right. that's you know it was supposed to start off as just rideshare drivers. They're just happy with it, and I guess you know the gig companies aren't fighting it in court, and that just kind of speaks volumes to me. But again, like I like your way, I like what you're doing better, not going after the dollar amount because I think that in the end that's just gonna cause other problems. At least right now, you know, I, I feel like yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I, I feel think, like you I and I, when we we've talked, I think we can accomplish more by requiring the transparency that they that yeah. they are already obligated to be fulfilling. And um, and I haven't seen any other state like more um, more empowerment for um, drivers to start our own thing if we want to because if they have to compete with something that's basically operating at cost and giving all of the rewards to the people who do the work then they're going to find that they can't compete with those prices. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I the other thing that I I haven't seen it. I'm surprised I haven't seen it in any other state because I've been watching all this legislation. But I'm surprised that like one thing that you did that I loved that I'm why is no other state doing it is the customer side transparency. I think that's right. so crucial right. right now. And I why is you know it seems like I'm like always shocked. I'm like because what I was gonna say about the Minnesota one was. I don't like that it was shot down because even both sides finally agreed to it. I know it was kind of ugly the way it all just was tied into other things and all this stuff. But to be honest, like mm-hmm. it seemed like they came to some conclusions and I found it odd that my issue with it was I've, I've been up into the Northwest a lot. I've been to Seattle quite a few times. It's three times the cost of living in Seattle as it is the twin cities. And so, like, I was yeah. like, why are you using the same numbers as Seattle? To me, that was the non-selling point. I'm like, you guys are asking for, I mean, it was literally, they wanted the exact same numbers as Seattle drivers get. And I'm like, they, mm, you know how expensive it is to be in Seattle? <laughs> like, yeah. it's too, it's, ex, it's too expensive to be homeless in Seattle. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's. I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing this. So I'm glad you got like a whole. Sounds like we've got quite a quite a variety of uh, players in this space coming coming here in August. We do. We have a couple guys from the rideshare team, um, Sergio included. We have um, five guys from Moves Financial, which is empowering gig workers, getting them. Um, nothing you can't, it's not, it's not payday stuff. We don't deal with that, but moves does like a, um, if you connect your accounts, like it's para endorsed by the way, but if you connect your accounts, if you Mm. are working Uber, you, it's not a ton, but you earn shares of Uber as you, as your deposits Mm. go through directly into their bank. And if anything happens to your vehicle, they can, they will, Anything to get you back working again, they will loan you up to $1,500, which no other bank would do. Um, oh, that's as l- good. Yeah, as long as you have a platform work history. And work, we're at Para working with them right now because this would be huge. Because really, they're just a, they're, 
it's just a bank. They their headquarters is in um, is in Toronto, Canada, and their bank is located in West Virginia. But it's just for gig workers, and um, yeah, and they um, we're looking at trying to help them with something we tried with Para because with their help it's probably doable is to get it so that like let's say you multi-app and you work five apps if you connect them all every night at midnight all of your funds will be moved into your bank for free oh cool so you know how we all do the cash outs and i know you can have the card with doordash or this or but forget all of it you could just connect them to this and every night at midnight they'll be they'll be deposited for free oh that's great because yeah, I, those you, are the kind of tools that, like, I think you know, drivers need more of, and but you know, the problem becomes that uh, the the app companies really, and you guys know this, the app companies really like to find ways to like, oh, you're not allowed to interact with our app like that. Yep. You know. <laughs> so. So we've um, got so we've got dumpling, we've got curry, we've and curry's been transparent since day one, and they're bringing a four man team. Um, Moves is bringing their team five or six. Um, I mean, these are these are the gig apps that like we're not just looking to get anybody involved. These I invited Curry and Dumpling because they're the only two 100% transparent apps. Curry even pays well, mm-hmm. and Dumpling you have to get your own customers. It's like a it's your own it, it's not even like it's your own business. So if you don't want to go really right. put in the effort, you're, it's probably not going to work for you. But if you do, if you land a couple people, I'm telling you, especially these days, word of mouth is huge. I, I've only landed one customer on Dumpling. I have five. The other four came from the word of mouth. It's just like, hey, do you hate Instacart? Yeah, there, I got this great personal shopper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice, and literally nice. they'll text me and like now with four of them, I don't. Uh, and it makes me feel better, too, because I don't put it in the dirt. But they're like, hey, do you mind not putting the groceries outside and bringing them into the kitchen? I'll give you 10 bucks. I'm like, you don't even have to give me 10 bucks. I'm like, I would rather bring them into your kitchen than leave them in the, in the mud. Right, right. Well, and I think that's, you know, this is this is why I think it's so much better for, like, let, let workers be in the driver's seat, right? Like, we, we know how to make it, get it done really well. Yeah. You know, the app company, they're like, oh, if you set foot inside the door, like, you know, we'll deactivate you, right? Because, yeah. Because now you've, like, violated their terms of service or whatever. It's just so much. No, so much Joel. And micromanagement and everything, so. Yeah, so Joel was trying to, the connection with Joel is he's trying to put you in touch with those two people because they knew of you and they knew mm-hmm. of your legislation. And they, and they, even when Joel brought you up, they're like, oh, how do you know her? And he's like, I don't, I know Steve. And so like, it all, <laughs> it all broke down and, but they wanted to get in touch with you. They're like, we, they specifically said to him, they have things they, that they think can help you. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's great. So um, you, so you like might, a, you uh, might need to make, like, okay, you might need to make that first email with Joel. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I, I sent him like one. I'll have to go dig it through my inbox. I sent like one, like, "Hey, like, yeah, I'm I'm the person. Let me know when you want to talk." And I haven't heard back from him, but sometimes I know how those things get buried. I'll just nudge it again, and you know, when it when I find it, and uh, and see if he's seen it yet. Yeah, um, because hopefully, yeah, I've got a preliminary meeting coming up next week with like you know with my drivers and our lobbyists from AFL and everything to kind of start talking next week to kind of start talking like, okay, what's our next bill? What's it going to look like? The big concern right now, and this is um, this is why it's, I think it's going to be so great to really like expand our reach um, and kind of have a, a more uh, diverse base of support for the for the bill, 
is that um, we expect an industry-backed alternative to be introduced next year. Like that, that sounds like that's probably the big risk. Um, which just means that, you know, it'll be, it'll be like, you know, DoorDash and TechNet and, and Uber and them will like come up with some, you know, BS, really weak regulatory model that they're like, well, this is what would make us happy. Um, and then they're going to like get bipartisan support for it. Who's going to be able to say that's bad, right? We love the sound of that. Right. Um, and then that'll, that'll be the one that wins. And they, you know, the, they get away with that. Um, so they've, they've done that with, you know, say whatever, the metro districts did the same thing, right? Like the, the investor-owned metro districts um, kind of shut down uh, legit reform that would have held them accountable mm-hmm. uh, and passed like a fluff bill um, that, you know, is kind of like, well, we finally have some guardrails around this issue, but it was written for, it was written for the, you know, the, the bad actors themselves. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's, we don't want to repeat that with the gig bill. That's what that's what we're trying to avoid. So we're we're getting started as of next week. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when this idea first came about, it was all to arm you with as much with as much real gig worker information as we can because the day before is GigCon, um, and that mm-hmm. is more that's Pedro's thing. But there's a lot of people coming up who are very veteran that I'm inviting. So what we're doing is inviting people to the two hour town hall at Wash Park Grill, but afterwards. We have we have it till five, so from like two to five, it's like free food and drinks and everything for okay. anybody that went great, to GigCon and whatever. So there will be gig workers coming. At that point, it can become, you know, you could you could hang around. You can. We would love for you to, sure. you know, talk to gig workers and and you know, obviously bring um, bring your significant other. And if you want, again, if you want to have, if you want to, if you think there's people that. We should be asking that I'm not going to think of. Please let me know. Sure. Yeah. Well, have we um, have we extended an invite to CIDU leaders yet? Is that the Colorado, yeah, Col- uh, Independent, Colorado Driver? Independent Drivers United? He writes a really good um, pieces on the gig economy and and its mm. flaws. And he had a oh, podcast yeah, for yeah. years. Yeah. No, I think we were following each other on Twitter when I was still looking at that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's big on Twitter. He's big, yeah. big on Twitter. He's he's going to be there with me, and so I think he he's subscribed to that uh, Colorado driving independent whatever it is, mm-hmm. and so he might even know yeah. somebody over there. I'll ask him again. Uh, that's why I was asking you. Should would it be better coming from you? I don't care who asks who what. I just want to get people there. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I can for sure send. I'll send um, an email over to you know a couple of my organizers with CIDU and NCCU and that, and let you know um, if you want to. Can you actually um, let me double check here on what's in my what information I have about the event that you've already sent me and see if it's enough to just forward to them? No, it's not yet. Yeah, do you want do you want to send me something that's just got kind of like a breakdown, of like what you're doing with the event, where and when, basics? Because then I can I have something I can forward to them. Maybe in the maybe part of it, we're going to at least talk about some other states legislation, but quickly. So we're not wasting too much time because it'll all become mm-hmm. ap- applicable by the end of this. Um, but then why Colorado's was different, the driver and customer transparency, wrongful deactivations. But then, um, you know, dis- I think that some of the like bullet points I've just been starting a list are like discussing transparency, um, deactivations, not just like wanting to get wrongful deactivations be able to be challenged, but the the topic of deactivations um, and IC yeah. versus employee, what that could mean. Um, the DOL rule change. If we, again, these are totally out of order. I don't know. 
and how that could be affected now that it's been pushed October 1st. It's going to be state-by-state interpretation. Um, Other states, uh, legislative successes and failures. Yeah, I mean, I've just... One of the things that I said on the on the on on the piece I did yesterday for Para, I said th- I was playing with this a bit, but I think that I kind of stand by it because I think it'll be meaningful to people who feel a little lost in all this. Is we are not we are not going to change politics, but we surely need to make sure our po- our elected politicians are properly armed and informed to understand our mm-hmm. position. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, because I, I've, I'm starting I, I to think... like be on this new kick that where I'm feeling like the lawmakers really have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> no, they they don't. And I I've been um, and even so, like I I still sometimes when I'm like, oh god, actually I don't know how this looks on the rideshare side because I do delivery, so I don't. You know what I mean? Like I have to like, well, I got to talk to my rideshare guys then yeah. about how this looks on Lyft, how this looks on Uber. Um, but frequently, yeah, I just kind of found that like people in there just have no idea how how easy it is to manipulate people on these apps and they just kind of don't and i have been trying to like make the i tried really tried to make the case i'm like just as a consumer think about all the ways that you know the things on your smartphone are are misleading you (laughs) right to try to get you to buy something you don't actually want to get you to subscribe to something that you thought you were just signing up for a trial whatever it is right like you get that as a consumer now imagine that that's where your workplace is and how they right and it, um, I think it's starting to make sense to people, but I think that regulatory capture risk is, is going to be the big one because the companies are going to come and say, here's what we'll agree to and run their own bill. And it won't be that hard to do. I've already got um, a lobbyist for GoPuff um, saying she wants to like meet with me so that like I can, so that her client can start to get into my head and figure out, you know, what they're going to like. We will, I will not be meeting with my opposition first. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so they're, it's, it's coming. It's coming, oh, yeah. and, and everything that we'll be talking about here is um, um, is going to have to be a little bit of defense against that and anticipation. So, also, I don't know. Yeah. I know you were familiar, but I don't know if you know driverrights.org, our our secondary parasite that basically oh, yeah. just yeah, basically just talks about what you're talking about. <laughs> um, we've been bot checked now, and we have over sixty thousand. Uh, um, verified uh signatures oh that's great so like you know being bot checks important it's kind of like when the rule change happened and people could go in and make and remember they had that public comment period and then they had to go send the bots through and they're like okay two-thirds of them are bots and then it left me going well okay do i get to see which ones were bots or did you just remove them like what's going on here yeah. You know, like, okay, I'm glad you do a bot check, but like, what if you're just throwing away important stuff that wasn't a bot? I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to go down all these rabbit holes. I'm just, I'm, I'm, huh. instead of trying to fix the politicians, I guess is where my, I'm trying to put my head now is I think it's the most important thing we can do is just really make them understand what, what we're doing, how this, how this how how it all works they don't know and that we don't mind some things but we need to get some other things in check that's it right but i don't i don't right. know I'm, I'm starting to hear too often i think you know and a lot of it probably i i really try and not watch youtube i put some stuff up there but i focus on my audio podcast because that has a huge i have a huge listening there and i've been doing that a lot longer and to be honest um i'm hearing from i'm seeing a lot on youtube that you know 
I don't know. I, I I feel like it's 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 always misinformation, but I feel like it's really, really reaching misinformation now. Oh, it's too bad. And, and it, it's the the God, just the whole array of like social media apps and kind of how we're all getting shuffled around in them makes it makes it difficult. And you know, I think this is this is so much the the strategy of big tech, right? Because they get to control the spaces and. Same, same with all of our, you know, apps that we work on. They control the space and they control the information. And, you know, I, I don't know if you and I ever talked about this, but one of the, uh, one of the points at which um, the, uh, the tech lobby really pulled out all the stops to fight us on our bill was over uh, destination transparency. And I, I just thought how interesting that was. That was, that was the big thing that they were just kind of like, okay, like this is the one that definitely cannot happen. Because the fact that they know they know where you are at all times and that they know where your like where customers are and all like that that's a really critical piece of information with them. Like it is powerful to them that they have that and you don't as the driver. Why? Because clearly, like that was the thing. It was very valuable to them. Well, they use a lot. I think they use a lot of that to determine their search pricing. To determine. Oh, of course they do uh, because. Yeah, you know, there was that, that thing that was out for a bit about, like, when I think I'm getting charged more when my battery is low. Like, yeah, it knows when you're bad. It knows everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it knows oh, everything yeah. that the app has permission to look at. Um, yeah, the rideshare. Chris. A, it's an algorithm. It's not, it's not yeah. like us. Chris from the rideshare guy has been saying lately, he's like, look, and, and he's and he's actually very, very smart. Good guy. He said, uh, he's, he said, listen, he said, if you're taking a rideshare ride or you're doing something, He's like, and I know that some people might say the opposite, like, well, turning on and off, like, that's going to screw it up for you. But he's like, listen, if you're taking a ride, he's like, turn off accepting new rides. He's like, do not let the system know you're going there and that you're going to be able to take a ride. It will help the prices rise for the drivers that are in that area and not be counting you into the queue before you're there. Even though they know you're going there, if you click, I'm done after this trip, then it's not worth it to them to have to go. Okay, we can't count him into the queue. Oh, interesting. So um, he actually is making a point that actually is working. We've actually the rideshare. One thing the rideshare guy is really good at is testing five markets with this with 50, twenty drivers in each. Um, actually, you know, he I guess he represents all sides these days, but <laughs> he just puts out <laughs> enough content where it's covered, but. Chris always hits on it pretty well, and I think he's on to something there, you know, like like it kind of goes in what, what you're saying that, you know, that they're so concerned about knowing where we're going. But that kind of tells me, like, well, who would care if I know where I'm going to? <laughs> I'm still going to go there if right. I want the trip. Well, you know, that's the thing, Steve, <laughs> we're going to break this down to, like, the fund- like fundamentals of this this whole industry and, you know, why it can be so powerful, but it isn't going well for us. And that's the fact that you know, we as drivers are the ones providing all of the overhead. It's our labor, it's our vehicles, it's our time, it's our upkeep, it's all of it. The only thing that the app company is doing is shuffling around the information. And so the technology exists for us to do that in a pretty, like, you know, you know, just enough, enough to get the job done, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like this, uh, you know, like the, uh, um, your, your buddy's thing, dumpling. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't need to turn, that doesn't need to turn a huge profit on the part of it that isn't, that isn't producing anything. 
Right. So, you know, once again, I think it's just sort of like it tends to be like classic labor struggle, honestly, where like the people who just like own the stuff but aren't doing the work are the ones making off with all the money while we like work harder and harder and harder trying to make, you know. And it's like, dude, it's already our money. It's already our, we're, we're generating the value. We're generating the wealth. Why is it getting taken away by someone who's not actually doing the work? Well, because they have all the, they have all the information in their hands. That's why they don't want to share it. And that's why they don't want to disclose it. Um, and they, they thrive in this, you know, kind of little black box off to the corner where they, they're like, well, you can't look at our methods for determining how much we're going to charge you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. So we, I mean, I'm I'm all for a, I'm all for the we company being. We can tackle it, but I think at the at the root of the problem. Yeah. See, I feel like it. I feel like it's just too much. People like you and I really going after this portion, whereas even the gig companies are trying to get their drivers to go after themselves, the companies. They're like, yeah, come after us because they don't want people learning about legislation, and you know, none of us really want a ton of it. But to be honest, we're at some point where some definitions need to be need to be made and yeah and they don't want us they don't want the drivers to know that they want you to be mad at the apps they're fine yeah. with that they, no they wanted to think you think of it like it's a consumer decision like oh i just won't work on doordash anymore i'll work on grubhub you know exactly. and I've got like a, a troll that started following me around on twitter you know doing exactly that Being like the real problem is that doordash is a bad actor and you should be driving for grubhub like no the real problem is that these things are poorly defined yeah. Uh, and so any company that st- any company that steps into this space um, is going to find a way to to take advantage of you, unless and until we correct the structure in which they're operating, because they have no. It's not like the companies have any problem whatsoever writing. Get you know again, they're going to run a bill. They're going to do it next year. They're going to write what they want to run, um, and and find themselves a you know a willing uh, carrier for it. And and you know they they act like they don't like regulation. They love regulation. Um, they want it to be done their way, not not what benefits consumers and and the workers themselves. That's how they're going to do it. So we have to we have to get in that game. Yeah, but they also have to realize, like at some point, we got to come to some agreements. Even if, like, you know, you always one side always has to give a little more, and then you take on others. But they got to realize mm-hmm. at some point we have to come to some agreements. Like I'm starting to get really blown away with how much legal money goes out. Like, dude, just. The thought of how much they spend on legal alone with things that oh, they could tackle, I'm like, dude, this is this is the waste of money. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, like, they're you know, don't even get me started on how many millions of dollars they dropped into those uh, ballot initiatives for like the wine and grocery stores and alcohol delivery yeah, and all exactly. that stuff. You know, DoorDash exactly. and Instacart spent millions and millions of dollars on that. And it's sort of like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't afford to pay us per mile. <laughs> you can't afford, or you don't really make a profit either. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't right. make a profit, but you have you know, eight thousand lawyers. What are y'all for? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For for lawyers and for you know, I guess whoever's uh, you know whoever uh, owns their their holdings, uh, you know, they're they're getting something. But sure. it, it just uh, yeah, the the whole thing the whole thing's turning into such a scam. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad we're we're finding more agreement across across platforms across industries. Um, and I'll just kind of like have you put a pin in this and kind of, you know, keep it, keep it in the back of your mind. I don't have a lot to tell about it yet, but we are starting to find that there are other industries that are facing appification. <laughs> um, oh, and, I bet. I already, I already yeah, know of some. Yeah. And I mean, it turns out to be stuff like, you know, it's, it's like a veterinary care. It's, um, nursing like, staff, I, I was like just going to say there's a, and whatnot, CNAs. Uh, 
I was just going to tell you, there's a nursing app that's out of Florida that's amazing. And they did amazing work during the pandemic. And now there's like 20 others that are horrible, just screwing you over. But there's this one company that did it first. That's awesome. Right. Right. It's it's just so sad. Like 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 twenty that it's a a money good good way to like take a lot of money and not and not pay the people doing the work. It's just right. It just it's it's just mind blowing to me that one company came up with this idea, did it, did it right. The nurses loved it. They were it was it gave them a a way to go travel and see other people during the pandemic, um, and work different places. And then it's it just blows my mind that twenty other companies decided, hey, let's do that. Okay, well. Let's see how you do that. And every one of them decided, let's do it dirty and, and wrong. Yeah. Like, why is there yeah. not even no, one absolutely. out of the 20 that said, let's do it like these guys? <laughs> like, I, I just didn't get it. Like, yeah. they were making money. They were doing it right. So even to, like, an investor, it should have looked good. I know. I know. But, you know, we get – this This happens so often, right, especially in, in tech where it's like, you know, the, the, good, the good idea is there. Right. And it can accomplish a lot of good and it can make money. It just doesn't have to like, right. It doesn't have to be like a whole cash cow, but like as soon as, you know, some opportunist finds a way to start uh, blowing that open, they, they will. So, you know, again, granted I'm a lawmaker. I ran for public office because I want to make laws. So obviously I'm like, yep, change the regulations. That's my, that's my gig. That's what we're doing here. So. And I I used um, to be completely against that, but how else? I mean, it's not even defined sector now. It's it's. I've been an independent contractor since 1996, like traditional. Yeah. And yeah, this needs to be like people have said third worker classification. I don't know about that, but it needs to be a hybrid IC, and they need to define it. Right. Well, and kind of what what I'm um, brainstorming for for our next bill. Um, is it honestly just like side sidestep most of that issue again, like we like did this last year, but, mm-hmm. but with a broader uh, focus, um, sidestepping the classification issue and just looking at like, okay, fine, you're an independent contractor, but here are your rights as a contractor. You still have them. You don't sign them away just because you're contracting for individual jobs instead of for employment status. Um, and especially when you work on um, when you work on an application, and you're, that's how that's how your jobs are offered to you. There there should be things there should be rights that you have in that in those interactions. Just well, so we know that the you know as we've been discussing the the opportunity for abuse is so huge. I'm I'm impressed, Stephanie. Like my my sometimes my my passion gets the better of me, so I go after it all. But I'm impressed that you're able to go. No, no, no. Let's put that off for a minute because. Really fine. Let us be ICs because I hear what you're saying. You're right, but I just get ahead of myself and get mad sometimes. So, <laughs> well, it, it's infuriating, right? Like I think we're all we're all frustrated with it, and, and understandably so. But I just kind of I don't know. I think I just can take this this philosophy to doing this work. It's kind of like okay, like if something is if a tool is powerful, or if like a you know which the, again like the app based employment, it's a powerful thing. Um, it has uh, a lot of opportunity. Um, it has a lot of capacity to like move around people and goods and services. And so it's a powerful entity, just like a factory. It's a really powerful entity. People didn't used to have that. Um, the thing to do here is not to, um, smash it to pieces because we don't like how it's changed our work. Well, we need to, we need to find a way to make it fit into our lives in a more humane way and use that, use its power in it for a good thing instead of just to make like, you know, some guy in the corner office. Uh, 10 billion more dollars this year (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need that. We need that. So, yeah. um, you know, it's about, it's about wielding it, uh, in a, in a good way and then redirecting it so that it works for us. Um, and this, some of this urge should be like, well, then we maybe just need to make all of these people employees or we just need to ban these apps or like, no, that's not, that's not how human beings operate. It's out of the bottle now. We all know we like this stuff. We all know we're going to use it. Yeah. So it needs to be, it needs to be socialized properly, right? Like it needs to come into society in a healthy and safe way and not, not be weaponized. Yeah, I agree. Let, so I think yeah. the next, I think the next step for me, I should put out, I should put out an email to you on just what, I mean, my notes, I'm, I'm looking at this like two page I notes right now. That's just a, a horrid mess, but I could bullet point it together into something for you um, and send it off to you and then kind of maybe start to put some names together okay. that we, that we, so we don't forget anybody important that should absolutely at least be invited, if not attend. Um, uh, like, like I, I know that he won't, but I would like, I would like a public, I would like to, I don't know if you know how to do this. I would like to publicly get Priola a, uh, a certified mail or something that endorses that he got the invite and didn't show. <laughs> I don't, I mean, um, I, mean I, can, I can reach out to him and, and, or, or could he show? I mean, here's the way I've, some people have been like, what is this? Like, get him. I'm like, no, no, dude, this is a town hall. If you come. You're going to be respected for showing up and speaking your view. I don't care what your view is. I mean, I do, but I'd rather have it all. That's the point of this. Let's get it all out there. You know, I mean, right, right. you know, well, I guess you, you know, know the guy a little. Um, is there any Bokey chance he'd come? And, uh, Senator Mulcahy and Senator Mulcahy said, they're like, no, no, no. Like, I really am open to it. I want to work on this issue. I want to. So, like, I mean, those, those probably those two guys are like the first people we want to, you, you know, you want to make sure that you include if at all. If right. So. You know, so they, they I said they would. They said they talked to us about it. So okay, well, is is that is that something that while I'm handling all this other stuff, that is that is the, are those two people you could approach and say, hey, you said you'd talk about this. This is going to be a forum, and it's not. It's not. You know, I think a lot of people there are going to be kind of they're not biased to any side because I think they're going to come in going, I'm not really sure what this is. So it's going to be this amazing learning experience. Yeah. Do you think that's something you could bring them into? Yeah, no, I think so. Let's, yeah, get type, type up those people. Okay. Points for me if you would. And I just, will. You know, keep, it doesn't have to be super, like, in-depth or anything. Uh, shorter, you know, shorter's better. Um, and I can certainly, for each of them, like, in the call, if I can't get them on the phone, and, like, send them that email as well so that they know it's it's coming. Um, and, you know, I... I I, I would hope that if they say like, oh yeah, I'm open to it. I want to talk whatever that they'll come to something like this. Um, because it's not the same as like a, you know, say like a, like a private closed meeting where they're going to get ambushed with a bunch of demands. Right. No, um, no, not at they, all. In fact, you know, it, if they blow that off, then, then we have an issue. That's, that's what I was just about to say. If they won't come to this, I don't see how you're ever going to get anywhere with them. Because because this is like a this is a place this is a safe interim especially sometimes there's an availability issue but right yeah no 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 I just mean like if they if they are and you know and they just like I don't want to go like there'd be no reason to not come to this there's nobody against you in fact a lot of these people aren't really sure what's going on so you should be there to, if you're gonna vote for it or shoot things down come and tell us why I mean you'll they'll have the floor nobody's gonna interrupt them you know. Right. And they can stay like they can stay as long as they yeah. want. I, I I probably have no problem having a drink with one of them, even though I'm not real happy with what they did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I mean, it might give me a chance to say something that I probably wouldn't have said otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, nothing well, bad, I, but know, just part of my suspicion when I talk about when I was talking about like I think I think the industry is going to bring their own bill. I I mean, I can see them tapping one of these one of these senators to run that, um, and I think it'll be interesting to kind of have them on the record somewhere. You know, have somebody get like some comments, some clips, something of them like acknowledging what the issue is, agreeing to do something or another about it, like being in that space and hearing directly from drivers and from, you know, player, other players in the industry. So if we do find ourselves in a situation in session next year where they're saying like, well, you know, like I, I met with DoorDash and Uber and this is what they want and, and everything that like we've, we've got them on, you know, we've got them on record that they've heard from both sides and they went with the companies instead of the drivers. Right. Yeah. Like I think that, that story arc is important to like be prepared to, to close that loop if it comes to it. Um, but ideally we're going to find, we're going to find that, um, as we make the case for a full transparency bill, deactivation reform, everything we asked for in the other bill and probably then some, um, but it's going to be impossible for any decent legislator to vote for the company's bill instead. Yeah. Just make that really painful, make it really uncomfortable. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, I mean, and this, I, I don't know, I, I guess one last thing, and then I, I will get you on email later today, but um, okay. is if they weren't to get on board, wouldn't, I'm not saying a threat to them either, but just to have, because we're looking for all the different opinions, wouldn't there be somebody from the right who would come on and talk about this? And because they're like, oh yeah, I'm all for being against it, so I'll be there, which almost would almost make them come because it'd be like, wait, I want to explain myself. Mm, yeah. Does that make yeah, sense to you? Cool. I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking there must be some people on the right who are like, no, I hate that bill. And here's why. Right. Oh, with, with ours or with the company's bill? I'm just saying, yeah, with, with the bill that, that they went against your bill, there must be some people who are like, mm. oh, I'm not, I'm not hiding from the fact that I was against that bill. Right. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's, that's hard. That's hard to call because I think um, the fact that it got shut down in committee mm-hmm. meant that there weren't a lot of eyes on it on the on the Senate side. That's what I was. So not not um, knowing that actual process. So. Yeah, not knowing um, that actual like the, process. Yeah. Never having been through it. That's what I was going to ask you. Is I was like I was going to say because it didn't get because I know that a million things come across a desk in a day and they, they're really only looking right. at what they need to vote on and deal with in the right now. Was it at a point where they didn't even see your your bill? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of um, a lot of the, especially in the Senate, right? And because they've got a whole other, they've got a whole other culture over there. It's really strange how different they are. And I think people said that before I came to this office, and I'm, I, I was shocked at how true it was. Actually, um, in the Senate, I think there was sort of um, sort of a quiet understanding that like. That bill was sputtering out because somebody wanted to kill it, and it did, kind of didn't matter to them who. It was just sort of like, a, oh, well, then I'm not going to think about it if it's not going to come to the floor for a vote. We all have a limited bandwidth, right? We're mm-hmm. not, um, you know, we don't necessarily have a ton of energy to be focused on things that are outside of our area of focus or that don't aren't coming to our committees. Right? We have a committee system for a reason. Some people should be, uh, you know, there's um, every 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 bill needs to get vetted. Some, somewhat more precisely than just its vote on the floor. 
Um, so, you know, I'm not like looking intently at like ag and natural resources bill, for instance. I'm looking at transit and housing stuff and local gov and energy, right? Yeah. So, because that's, those are my focus areas. Um, so if people didn't have that, you know, if it wasn't coming through their committee, like they weren't going to see it, then they just kind of didn't. They were like, well, you know, kind of like the whisper around the building is that like that bill's not doing well and it's probably going to get killed. So, and that is why everybody should be at the town hall on August 5th in Denver, Colorado. If you are interested, please email me, steve at rideshareradio.com. And hopefully everybody got something important out of this conversation. Um, this is going to be quite the event, you guys. Um, email me. I will keep us updated. Until next week, be safe, earn smart, and we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo.